0: Hey hey everyone, welcome back to Behind the Black Curtain with your girl Nikki And you guys, we're just gonna dive into today's episode This is part two from last week's episode where I talked about my relationship with my ex-husband I went through how we decided to move forward with our divorce And him deciding to take me to court so that he can gain full custody of the kids And your girl won. But then I left y'all with a cliffhanger because although I won, I got subpoenaed back to court. So that's what we're going to talk about with this episode. And I'm going to let you guys know what it was like getting this letter for the second time. Um, Not only that, but he goes into court and this man actually has an attorney that's supposed to be a pretty pretty decent attorney. And to top it off, like to just add the little cherry on top, that court date was set on my birthday, May 16th. Oh child. All right, so let's get into this. I'm going to start and I'm just going to tell you guys about, let's start with me receiving this letter for the second time. Okay. So I'll never forget. Once again, I was so excited I'm like okay at the end of the school year I'm going to that's when me and the kids are going to move because I didn't want to pull them out in the middle of the school year I'm always thinking about how certain decisions are going to affect my kids I worry about how they're going to interact with certain people and how it's going to take a toll on them mentally and so every time I make decisions, especially when it has something to do with a move, a big move, all of that comes into play. I may be ready to go, but I want to make sure that they're good first. And I know that it's impossible to always have things lined up and where everyone is happy and everyone's going to be fine, but I do my the best that I can to line it up as close to that as I can. And so I was like, okay, at the end of the school year, um, we're going to move. I was going to move to Miami because that's where my sister lives. And at the time we had a great relationship and I was like, okay, we're going to move there. But once that fell apart, y'all, that's a story for another day. I got stories. I got stories for days. Okay. But anyway, um, so once that was like, okay, that's not going to work. My mother had called and she was like, Hey, um, You guys should come out to Texas. They were living in Texas at the time. And she called during a time where I was really struggling mentally. Um, I was struggling financially. There was so much going going on. I was having a mental breakdown. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. It was such a hard time for me that I was even contemplating suicide. So... So she called and she's like, hey, come out to Texas. Um, I think you just need to start over. Sometimes you just need to have a fresh start. And I didn't want to for several reasons. At the time, our relationship had just got on some like on good terms. Um, It's always been a relationship that has been tumultuous with us. And that's a story for another day. (laughs) <laughs> but at the time, we had just, like, rekindled our relationship, so everything was, it was pretty good, Um, but I was worried, you know, about moving my children out and bringing them into an environment that I, I was not sure how stable it would be. Not just that, but y'all, it's Texas. <laughs> I am a big city girl, okay? I... I'm just a big city girl. I don't like country. I'm sorry to any of my Texas people out there if I'm offending you, but I don't like country. And the first thing that I thought of was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to deal with tumbleweeds on the street. I, I don't want to be dealing with people riding horses, like people wearing... Uh, cowboy boots with like the spurs on the back of them like literally that's what my thought was of texas <laughs> And I just thought it was like straight country. I'm not trying to be about around a bunch of cows I'm a, a big city girl and She called several times and she convinced me to you know Maybe that's where I should go because I mean honestly had I stayed in LA. What was I gonna do? so I went from, we're going to go to Miami to we're going to go to Texas, right? Because I need to start over. And so I let him know like, hey, the move is actually going to be Texas instead. And (laughs) once I said that, it was like, oop, I'm going to take you back to court because you originally said Miami. And now you're talking about Texas, which like y'all in reality, it's like, come on, come on. I'm still moving out the state. (laughs) I just I'm going somewhere else. I'm instead of going to fun in the sun, I'm going to country town, you know, well, that's how I saw it. So anyway, that's what provoked him to decide to go ahead and go back to the court and bring me back in. So I'll never forget the day I went downstairs um, to my mailbox and I pull out this envelope and it's paperwork from the court and it's Basically, all the papers that him and his attorney had filled out and stating why he wants to take me to court, why he feels like he should have primary custody of our children. And I go and I look at the court date and it is set for May 16th, my birthday. And when I saw that date, my heart just dropped. Now, when I saw the paperwork and that they were taking me back to court again, I was upset. And I was frustrated because I'm like, why are we doing this again, right? Why are we wasting people's time? But then when I saw that my it was on my birthday, my heart dropped for a couple reasons. Again, I saw that this paperwork was completed with him and his attorney. Okay, keyword attorney. This man now has an attorney. I know I can't get one. I don't have the funds to do that. So I know that I am up for a bigger battle than I was the first time he took me to court. Two... It is on my birthday, right? All I kept thinking was, oh my gosh, what if we go in and I lose my kids? And this decision is going to be made on my birthday. Like, this is something that's going to change how I view my birthday for the rest of my life. So just imagine, like, the emotions that took over me. You know, it's just a lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear, <laughs> fear big time, Um frustration, some anger is thrown in there because it's like what is it about me that causes you to keep wanting to come back and see how you can hurt me? Like what it what is it? What's going on right now? So, here we are. We we're going to have to go through this entire preparation of getting ready for court once again. And your girl goes right back to she's going to go talk to these free legal aids, okay? Um, And so I did the whole process all over again, found out what day and times I needed to be in that court where I was able to speak to someone and took all the notes, got all the information that I need. And why did I continue to go back to the court after I already spoke to someone the first, the second time? Well, because every time you go back, you get somebody different. (laughs) and you only get a certain amount of time with them, right? They can only give you a certain amount of time. So every time I go back, I'm going to get someone new that's going to give me more information, that's going to show me something different, and I took advantage of that. And so I did that whole process all over again, and they were like, hey, you are caregiver of these children. You are the one that shows up for report cards. You show up for when these kids are sick, At school and someone needs to pick them up you're taking them to doctor's appointments the teachers know you everything so go to the school and have the teachers write something for you about your character have them write about the fact that you are the one that is showing up for everything for these children like have them speak to your character get the stuff notarized everything that you're documenting save it and so this is what I'm doing and I'm walking you guys through this process um or giving you at least as much as I can on this podcast for any of you that may be going through this right now, or, you know, someone that may be going through it. I want to give you an idea of what this looks like. Okay. And so I start getting the letters and everything that I need and they're like, do your research. Okay, You say you want to move to Texas and it's because you feel like the kids will have a better life and you feel like you'll be able to afford to live out there. You'll be able to get a job and they'll be able to go to better schools. You need to document everything, like do your research. And just like I said to you guys in part one, figure out what is in your hand and be strategic and use that. And so what did I have? Again, I had access to the internet, right? So... One thing I've always done before this was like any school that my kids were going to go to, I did research. So I was never that parent that was like, oh, this is your homeschool. That's where you have to go. No, because if that homeschool is an environment that is not going to be conducive to developing my children into people that can excel in this world, then I'm not going to send them there if I have a choice. So I always did my research on the schools, like what are the schools graded? What are their test scores looking like? So on and so forth. And so that is something that I did with the schools in Texas. Mind you, I'm in L.A. and I'm doing my research like, okay, so my mom lives in this area. These are the schools in her area. This is what their grading looks like, which was amazing. I'm not going to lie to you. One thing about the schools in Texas, especially compared to L.A. U.S.D., they're beautiful. Okay. (laughs) These schools are scoring really high. Um, the access that the children have are completely on another level. You know, just being able to bring my kids here and my daughter go to school and have access to gymnastics at the school versus LA where she would have to be at a private school. We're on a completely different playing field. So I printed out everything, everything that I can find about the schools. I looked into what cost of living was. I looked into how much they were paying here. I did everything. No stone was left unturned. And so I printed out everything that I had and I put it in a folder. You don't have a printer at home. You don't have a computer at home. Baby, go to the library. There was many times that I was at our public library because at one point my laptop broke I couldn't afford to buy another one at the time. So your girl was at the public library and I'm doing my research there and I'm printing out what I need there. And again, ladies, I just want you guys to hold on to what I'm saying. So many times we feel like we don't have the resources and we don't have what it takes and we don't have access to what other people have access to. But as women, we are born with the ability to create, okay? and creation or creating doesn't just look like us carrying babies and bringing them into the world. Creating looks like us creating a home, creating a safe environment for our children, creating a plan to move ahead, creating in all forms. And so you take what you have and you create. And so I created a folder filled (laughs) with reasons why me leaving that state would be better for my children. And it had nothing to do with me being a selfish mom or me wanting things to be my way. It was all about how it would better the lives of my children. So I did all of that. Um, during this entire process, your girl is stressed out. Um, there, there were some days that I was hopeful and I felt good because I still was holding on to my faith. But yes, although I had faith in God, I'm still in a situation that is very much scary so the emotions are all over the place and some days I'm up and some days I am down and it's it's normal. Anyway, I do all the work and I believe it was like two weeks before the court date. My mom was like, hey, I don't think it's a good idea for you to go in there by yourself and he has an attorney. Like, you need to have an attorney. I'm like, I don't have any money to get one. So she sent me some money to get this attorney. Mind you, it's about two weeks before the court date, Okay. <laughs> And I'm doing my research and I find someone, I find this guy, you guys, like, I don't even remember this man's name. And when I tell you guys what happened, you're going to know why I don't even find his name to be of any relevance anymore. But I find this person and I contact him and I said, Hey, this is the situation. This is what's going on. Can you help me? And he's like, yeah, I can take on your case, whatever. Oh, Do you know that this man had me doing all of the work? you can go on to the court's website and you can put my case number in and it will pull up everything okay from day one up until present it will pull up everything this man did not even do that he was saying to me hey i don't even have paperwork on this case like i need you to print out everything and bring it to me what But again, I'm just like, hey, I'm just trying to get through this process. So if this is what he needs and it makes this job easier, I'm going to go ahead and do it. So I did that. I printed out everything for him, brought it to him. Right. And he's saying to me, like, don't worry about anything. You have a really strong case. You're going to be fine. And then the court date shows up. And so we're all inside the court building, standing right outside the courtroom waiting for them to open the door to let a bunch of people go in there, which is like so nerve wracking. Right. Right. My ex-husband shows up with his then-girlfriend. So it's me and my little attorney, him and his supposed-to-be-pretty-good attorney and his girlfriend, and it was just, like, so sickening to look at because they're sitting on a bench together, and she's literally just sitting so close up into him, she might as well have been sitting on his lap, and I was just so confused as to why she was even there. Like, why... Are you here? I was frustrated with her because I looked at her like, you as a woman with two boys of your own, how do you even support this, right? Because you're not supporting someone that's trying to take away his children because their mom is incompetent, abusive, a druggie, nothing like that. You know exactly why he's doing this and you're here to support it and it just... I was just so annoyed. But at the end of the day, we are all going to be held accountable for our own actions, right? So, anyway, they open a the door, they let us into the courtroom, everyone is seated, and then we have to wait until it's our turn to be called up. Okay, so we get called up, and you go in front of the judge, and there's like a table. There's tables, one on each side of where the judge is facing. And his attorney Go sit on the left-hand side. I'm on the right-hand side with my attorney. And before anything starts, anyone starts speaking, my attorney says to me, hey, um, so during this process, if anything comes up where you'd like to say something or you'd like for me to say something, just go ahead and write it on this notepad. And, you know, I'll take care of it. And I'm like, Okay. And so the process starts and the judge asks whatever question he asked in the beginning. I don't really remember. Um, And then he turns to my attorney and he asks my attorney the same question. And y'all, this is how crazy this process started. So he looks at my attorney and like I said, I don't really remember what the question was, but I just remember that. The response that my attorney gave was so ridiculous that I just knew I was going to lose my case, okay? So say, for instance, the judge said to my attorney, did you bring in the paperwork for the case? My attorney says something off the wall like, yeah, I woke up on time this morning. It it was so random like that, right, where my ex-husband and his attorney start giggling and I'm just like oh my gosh what is going on right now like we just started and you're looking like a clown so I was just like okay I'm scared so his attorney starts talking and his attorney stood up there and dragged me okay this man has never met me a day in my life has never spoken to me has no documents on me no no nothing that could ever speak ill about my character can ever speak negatively about who i am as a person as a mother he has nothing right but he stood in front of that judge and told the judge that i was incompetent um told the judge that i could not take care of my children and that is why i allowed their dad or not allowed but that is why I would call their dad and ask him to keep them for extra days and keep them for longer times because I was not able to take care of these children on my own. And so dad had to step in and do more work. And that's why he deserves to just go ahead and have full custody of them. So let me backtrack, okay? So you guys can know where this is coming from. During this time, the the months up, leading up into the court case like i said before my ex-husband our custody arrangement was he gets the children every other weekend okay and he would get them from friday evening at 6 p.m and he was supposed to bring them home sunday at 6 p.m i've also mentioned to you guys i don't like the courts all of my business i don't i don't like that you know And so although they had set that arrangement, I wasn't necessarily sticking to that because I felt like that's their dad. So if he wants more time with them, of course, I'm not going to stop you. You know, I think that's great. I love the fact that you want to spend more time with your kids and you want to build this relationship with them. I thought it was a beautiful thing. So when he would pick up the kids and then Sunday evening would roll around and he'll be like, hey, um can I just keep them and I'll just take them to school on Monday morning and then you could just pick them up after that. Or, uh, we want to go here. So I want to just keep them a little bit longer. I was always like, okay, okay, okay. Because I'm thinking about my children. I'm thinking about how happy they are because again, this is already a stressful situation for them. And well, you get to spend more time with dad and you get to bond with him. So I just thought he was just trying to be a great dad, right? (laughs) Well, y'all, this man literally was documenting every date, every time that I allowed, that I said yes to him asking, he he documented that date. So they basically were (laughs) building a case against me Based off of my ex-husband asking if he can spend more time with his own kids and me saying yes. So they went to court and they flipped it into being, oh, mom is so incompetent. Look, we have the documents here. They literally pulls out, he pulls out the paper with all the dates and have them give it to the judge so the judge can see like, these are all the dates that she just could not handle these kids. (sighs) The level of heartbreak that I felt because although he was taking me to court yet again for a second time and that alone to me was just like a horrible thing to do. I didn't understand it. It was so hurtful. I, I just knew that this was not the same person that I had met years ago, years prior to this case. It's not the same man that I knew then. This is a person that is out for blood. This is a person that does not care about how he hurts me. He does not care about the effect that this is going to have on the big picture not just me but our but our children but then when you are able to hire someone that will get in front of a judge and like drag me as a mother when you know that I'm not that person the heartbreak that I felt in that courtroom and at that point I'm like, oh, ain't no way. I'm gonna let this attorney next to me speak for me because these people are these people are out for blood. They did not come to play. And so I kindly grabbed the notepad that he showed me in the in the beginning and I just wrote a note on there and I said, Can I speak? And he said, Okay. He looked at me and he was like, You wanna speak for yourself? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I just nod my head, mm-hmm. And he said, okay. And so he raised his hand and he was like, your honor, she would like to speak for herself. And so the judge was like, oh, okay. Like he looked a little shocked. Ooh, child. <laughs> <laughs> when I tell you guys, oh my gosh, the fear, not the fear, but just the nervousness that took over me. Because one, I felt like I didn't have a choice, like I had to do it. And so I'm gonna now have to push past standing up in front of this judge, in front of his attorney, in front of All these people sitting behind us listening to our story, and I'm going to have to get it together, compose myself, and be able to speak to this judge and get him to understand why I can't have my kids taken away from me. And so the judge told me to go ahead and speak, and I stood up, y'all, and I'm like, in my head, I'm just like, girl... Take your time. Like my heart, my heart is pounding. My heart is racing so fast, right? Like I can feel it in my throat. So now I'm standing there and I'm trying to look cool, calm and collected, but I can feel my heart in my throat and I'm talking to myself like, calm down, Nikki, like calm down. (laughs) I can laugh at it now, but y'all, it was not funny at the time. And I'm just telling myself, like, girl, stay calm, stay calm. I had already prayed. And so let me backtrack because I missed that part. Before I went into the courtroom, I sat in my car in the parking lot and I prayed because, again, this is on my birthday. okay? and I'm just like, yo, if if it happens where they end up taking these children from me, this will forever change how I view my birthday And so I sat in the car and I told you guys, like, I, the whole process was stressful and emotional for me, but one thing I never did was let go of my relationship with God. And so... It was just me moving through fear. It was just me. That that's just how courage is formed. You're you're fearful and you have the anxiety and you're you're you have the uncertainty and you don't know how this is gonna turn out. But you continue to move forward and you continue to trust that I'm gonna do my part and I'm gonna do everything I can on my part and I'm just gonna trust God to do His part. And I sat in there and I prayed and I said God and I said, I've done everything I can. I can't do anything more. I trust you. Like, wherever you lead me, I trust you. I know that it's because you have something better for me. I trust your plan for my life. I trust your plan for my children. And I know that you will never put us in a place where it's not for for our best. And so, whatever the outcome is, I trust you. I want my children, God. You know the reason that I'm doing this You know that I'm doing this to help give them a better life. But if for whatever reason you see them being with their father and staying here, being better for them, then I trust you. Like I release any hold that I have on this anymore. And I'm just going to go into court and I'm going to believe that whatever the outcome is, it's going to be for the best that you believe there is for us. And that's what I did. So when I was standing there and I'm telling myself to calm down and everything, I just reminded myself, like, at the end of the day, God has the final say. I don't care about no man. I don't care how much power no man has, y'all. Like, I don't care how much power any human being has. When you have a relationship with God and you are trusting him to lead you at the end of the day, God has the final say. And so I just, you know, calming myself down and I said a little prayer like, "Okay, God, help me speak. Get my get my heart out of my throat right now. (laughs) And um, I started speaking and I told the judge, I said, hey, this is not hey. But, you know, I basically said to him, you know, I as a mother that loves her children and wants the best for them i allow the father to have the extra time that he asked for i've never once reached out to him and say hey i can't handle this come and get these i've never done that i said every single date that they wrote on there were dates that he asked to have this extra time with them never in a million years would i have guessed that they were doing this just to build a case against me and make it look like I could not take care of the children. I honestly thought that he was doing it because he just wanted this time with his kids. Um, I explained to him the reason that we are I'm trying to leave the state, California is extremely expensive. I am struggling. I am constantly bringing, being brought back to court, but yet I'm still not receiving any form of child support for the children. And I took out my folder with all my documents and I gave it to, I guess it's called the bailiff. And then he gave it to the judge and I was like, this is everything that I have. This is um, letters from teachers speaking on my character. These are papers uh, showing you what the schools are like in Texas, what they're graded. These are the schools that the kids would go to. This is the address where I would be living. Like I even gave my mom's address so they can see like where this neighborhood is, what it looks like, what it has to offer. It, what the jobs are paying, everything, everything was there. Okay. Your girl was not playing and he's looking through the paperwork and he's listening to me speak. And when I was done, I sat down and I was like, okay, girl, like I was really proud of myself. My heart had went back down to where it belonged (laughs) and I was able to speak clearly. And that was my main thing. I want to speak clearly to this man and I want to get straight to the point. And I did that. And so he looked at my ex-husband and his attorney and was like, you know, do you guys have anything else you wanna say? They said they were done. My attorney said he was done. I mean, the man ain't speak for me anyway. And so the judge was looking over the paperwork for a little bit and he said, you know what? I think I see what's going on here. And he said, you know, I do believe that mom let the children stay all those extra times because she did it out of the goodness of her heart. I do believe that mom wanted the best for her kids and because dad asked for it, she allowed it. And I just thought that was like beautiful that he pointed that out (laughs) because y'all tried to play me. And so he said all of that, and then he was just like, you know, according to California state law, he starts reading off codes and whatnot, and basically, mom can leave the state. Well, first of all, mom mom will remain as having primary custody of the children, and mom can leave the state. And he did explain why I had the right to continue having primary custody of my children. You know, simple things like, she's not abusive. <laughs> mom is the primary caretaker. I mean, the paperwork tells you everything. Um, She ain't on no drugs. She's not an alcoholic. Like, none of that. You know what I mean? And that I was allowed to leave the state. And he even right then set up the order for what it would look like with us um, sharing holidays and so on and so forth. And I looked over to my left and I saw a tear coming down my ex-husband's face. And I, not that I was in the court like, yes, but I was just like, I literally sat there and I don't even remember what that attorney was saying to me. I didn't even care. The man was talking. All I was doing was like looking straight ahead and just thanking God because Jesus, I I just kept thanking God because all I could do is thank God. That's all I got to say. So let's talk about the aftermath. (laughs) Um, First of all, I want to just give some advice for anyone that is going through a similar situation or know someone that is or whatever your situation is. Like I've, I've, I've said it time and time again to you guys, you know, it's all about moving forward. Even when we feel that fear, it's all about realizing the power that we have within us as women It's all about not succumbing to the giant that's in front of us. It is scary. And just because you feel afraid or you feel anxious or you're nervous or you're hurting, it does not mean that you are any less than anyone else. It just means you're a human being. We all, I promise you, we all feel these emotions. Some people try to pretend like... You're, you know, you don't believe in God. If you feel that, that is a bunch of BS. I'm going to tell you guys that right now. You, you're you going to feel these things because you're a human being. But the thing is, you have to choose to move forward regardless. And how do you move forward regardless? Without it paralyzing you, you got to put your faith in something else outside of yourself. Because if you're putting your faith within you, you're going to collapse. You're going to collapse. But when you put your faith and something that is higher than you that has way more power than you my god is the creator of the beginning he's the he is the creator of the beginning and the end okay he is the alpha and the omega so at the end of the day he has final say i don't have final say my ex-husband doesn't the judge the attorney none of them does it's how god wants us to go and i talk heavy about god and my faith because when you guys hear these stories that i'm about to share with you it's only god He is the only reason that i'm still here I, i promise you when i tell you my faith is the only reason that I am still here so just know that you have this just know that you're stronger than you think you are just I I know like when you're when we're put in situations where it's just like what the heck is this and how am I supposed to navigate this and there's nobody here that can help me Whoa, what do you what am I supposed to do it sounds like something that is going to defeat us but I promise you it's not and I want you to hold on to my story even if even if your situation isn't even the same thing but it's something that that's massive and you got a giant standing in front of you, hold on to my story and know that if I can make it through, you can make it through. Cause I'm not any, I promise you, I'm not any stronger or better than anyone else. It's just that I've I've chosen time and time again to not, to not, not give up. So with that being said, let's wrap up this episode. I, I do want to talk about the aftermath with my children because this whole process is hard on children. and i I don't want to I don't want to leave that part of it out of the story. them having to deal with their parents separating and dealing with the back and forth and, them knowing that their mom is going to court and dad is trying to you know take them away and all of these things it's it takes a toll on children not just that but now I'm moving my kids out of the state not really because I wanted to but because I didn't have a choice okay and then we, we come to Texas and that is another story like they have to adjust my oldest son has such a hard time and just me thinking about it and sharing these stories with you guys it just brings back so many emotions because when you are a mom that Has such a close bond with your kids. Your goal is always to protect them and to save them from any pain, you know? And there was some pain I just could not save them from. But at the end of the day, what I did was I showed up every day. As a loving mother, as a mother that they can come and talk to, as a mother that they can, they can let their emotions out with and not feel any type of way and not feel judged. As a mom that had their back, as a mom that was going to be there to comfort them, I showed up for them. Every day, I felt like I mean, that's the least that we can do to soften the blow, right? And eventually, I'll share that story with you guys with what they've um, gone through. I'm um, just moving to Texas and you know, it just being a completely different place. No, they didn't have people riding around on horses and tumbleweed in the street, but we had to deal with the reality of racism and um, you know my son feeling isolated at school, my daughter dealing with forms of racism as well. There was a lot. So you guys, like I said, I have stories for days, but I say all that to say that every decision that we make as parents affect our children, whether we are making these decisions for the best or we're making them for some selfish reason, it affects our children. It affects our children. And so We'll never be perfect as parents. And we're always going to, there's always going to be something that won't go the way that we wanted it to go. And it may affect our children in a negative way. And with that, as parents, we have to learn how to forgive ourselves as well because we tend to beat up on ourselves. I was so hard on myself for a while, but we're human beings. And I promise you, if you show up every day loving on these kids and letting them know how much they are loved and they are wanted, I promise you they are not looking at you in any type of crazy way. They're not there judging you. They know when their parents have done their best. They know when their parents love them. They know. So that is for someone out there. I don't know who needed that, but let me wrap this up now. <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you so much for rocking with me again during this episode. Uh, be sure to return next week as I deviate from talking about my past and just bring you guys back into what's going on with me, currently which is the entire reason that i started this podcast so i'm gonna bring you guys back into the reality of what my life is like right now um i'm gonna talk about what i've been learning through my therapy sessions and dealing with my childhood wounds and just filling you guys in on what my day-to-day looks like because it's not always pretty um i very much have hard days days where i don't even want to get out to get out the bed and so i just want to just keep things real with you guys because i know social media has trained us to believe that everything is perfect everybody is happy um, because all we do is post happy beautiful pictures right Uh, but behind those pictures for many people There is a lot of sadness that's going on. There's a lot of struggle, a lot of fight. And I want to share that with you so that you can know if you're going through the same thing. Like, sis, you're not alone. Before we go, you know I have to leave y'all with a (laughs) scripture. This is coming from Psalm 140, 12. But I know the Lord will help those they persecute. He will give justice to the poor. The commentary for this says... To whom can the poor turn when they are persecuted? They lack the money to get professional help and so are usually unable to defend themselves. But there is always someone on their side. The Lord will stand by them and ultimately bring about justice. This should be a comfort for all of us. No matter what our situation may be, the Lord is with us. I love y'all. Be blessed.